Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It was Brandon's vice. Brandon, Brandon was, you know, the, the son that you would always want. He's handsome. He was responsible. He's conscientious. He was politically active. He was a, a philanthropist, but he liked to get down on the pony sleigh. He liked to bet on the NBA. He had, he had a weak spot in his life where he just could not walk away from some hot action. We should get in on all that action. <laughs> There's like 38 games today in the NBA. Yeah, that's... Let's talk more about 90210, not the schedule of the NBA games. Let's talk about why you're still a Brenda guy. Why is that a thing? Let me go real quick. I'm going to get you updated who the uh, who the Pistons are playing. <laughs> Give me just a second. Yeah, I'm fighting it. Yeah, I, I'm waiting with bated breath. Billy Magic Vera and the, the Pistons. Bookie. Magic and Pistons. Yeah, there you go. Paolo is that Ranchero. really a game? Is that really? How do you sell a ticket to that? How is that possible? Same way you sell tickets to the Lakers game. Come see bad basketball right in front of your so you eyes. You get Bron and AD. <laughs> yeah, we get we get housed by thirty along the way. Jeez. It's just a mess. I, he doesn't want to do nine hundred two and zero. This is we could talk about Kelly. We could talk about Donna. We could talk about Claire arriving later in the series. Still a huge Claire fan. You so seem like I, a Steve Sanders guy today. I Backwards hat. <laughs> kind of excited to go skip school and go watch a Padre game. You're giving off some serious Steve Sanders vibes. Wait, who's the one that had you said that had the cooking show? Uh though that would be Val. Val has the I don't think it's on anymore, but she had a cooking show on the cooking network called uh Dinner with Friend Dinner at Tiffany's or something like that. Uh, oh, that's right. That's Tiffany what it was. Amber Thiessen. Yep. Uh, I believe she's just Tiffany Thiessen now. She's got a beautiful young family. She's married to another actor who uh, has appeared in a variety of different things, including Parks and Recreation. She's a lovely cook, a lovely actress, has appeared in many things like um suits yeah. and some others. She just she's terrific. But yeah, she's she second she's she that's a very good choice. Much better yeah, than your wins. initial choice of well, I mean, she's Brenda? behind Brenda. I mean, she's obviously behind Brenda. Claire just absolutely gets her at the wire. It's it's like speaking of horse races, they're coming <laughs> down the stretch at Santa Anita, and it's going to be a photo finish. And just by a hair, I have a feeling get it? if you ever met her, if you ever met Tiffany, oh, Eason, I'd run the other way. I'd be the terrified. first. The first thing you would say is she got you just by a hair, not by much, <laughs> not by much, but she just barely got you. You know how pathetic I am. My first question would be about some of the recipes on her cooking show. <laughs> I'd be like, hey, you know, I saw you making that um, that that pasta dish, and you put the Parmesan on while the pasta was still why hot. Why would like, you do that? Yeah, why would you do that? Like, I don't understand. Like, why did you drain your pasta? That's a terrible idea. I would have, I wouldn't, and then we'd get into the 90210 stuff. Oh, Tiffany beats out Claire. It's not even close. It's good. I, I can send you some different scenes of Claire's uh, fastball later on when she was just throwing a hundred. She 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 was when she was at her best, they took her out. They <laughs> yeah. took her out of nine oh two oh she's a little bit like Gratterall. Okay. So Claire is like Gratterall and that throws just a hundred and fifty miles an hour, right? But it's kind of a one pitch kind of situation. Yeah. There there weren't a lot of off speed stuff. She kind of knew what you were getting. I'm just saying. I'm just saying that uh, that's a, a nice little respite. Where are you sitting at your game today? Where are your seats? So I got a cousin of mine that, and I'm, I'm not Slee? even. It's I'm going with cousin Slee. Okay, 
but he's not the one that hooked you up with the tickets. See. He did not hook me up with the tickets. So somebody else hooked it up. How, How many, many cousins do you have? A lot. They're all there's there's many of them. Um, cousins Slee. It's like attorneys general. <laughs> also, so, I'm very pleased with that. Trav, it's called joke. Pac- it's called Pacifico Porch. Okay. And I think it's just a full section. I actually think it's standing room. Where is it, though? Like in the boys, in left field, right field, behind home plate? Western Metal Supply Building. Yeah, that's down the left field line. So Western Metal Supply Building. And I think it's like a... Are you not supposed to be there? Why are you being so cryptic about where you're going to be? All you can drink and all you can eat. No, to be honest, I haven't even bothered worrying about where the hell I'm sitting. I'm just content that I'm actually going to the game. And you know how you get everything? It's all in the ML, MLB League, ballpark whatever it app. is. The Yeah, the ballpark app. Yep. So I'm looking at it right now. It literally says Pacifico Porch and Seat 28. That's where I'm at. That's where I'm at. <laughs> yeah, this, <laughs> this goes into the – I know what you're getting. This adds to the secret agency. This is this is the part that makes me think that maybe you're <laughs> you actually like is? in Croatia you know right now getting ready to do a mission. You know what it is? I pay zero <laughs> – it's not paying attention to the details. And I, I need believe to you pay attention that. to the details. <laughs> I do believe you on Are you going to get uh, dinged as much for parking as you have at SoFi, Slee? Oh, take the trolley, Slee. I'm going to do, uh, I'm just going to take an Uber down there. I'm going to be in a tight little crunch here. So I'm just going to, right when the show ends, Uber, and by the time I get there, a priority. Did I not tell you that we're going to do a super crosstalk till 145 today? It's today, 145? <laughs> yeah. We're, gonna, we're just going to, we're going to string it out. We're going to push going it back commercial a free from 1245 to 145. All right. So Andrew Friedman spoke yesterday. Um, as they've done way too many times over the last 10 years, they they were doing the Dodger post-mortem um, while other teams were still playing baseball. And it's deeply unsatisfying. You could tell. He, he's as disappointed as everybody else, like he said. But um, there were some things in there that, that might be true, but also make me just kind of deeply un, unsatisfied with the conclusion of the season and my anticipation of what may be coming up next. This was a question uh, that was asked to him about – why they struggled with runners in scoring position the way that they did. And and he answers the question specifically, but I also think it gives a little bit of insight into what their problem may actually be when it gets to the postseason. Here's Andrew Friedman yesterday. During the course of the season, you know, we had peaks and valleys with runners in scoring position. And this was a valley. The question is, is it baseball? Or are there things we can do to improve upon that? Are there levers we can pull? Are there things to put us in a better position there? Obviously, we had four-game stretches all during the year where we struggled, but in totality, we performed extremely well on that front. We had more opportunities than they did. That is both accurate, Al, and deeply unsatisfying. Because, hey, look, there's peaks and valleys. Is that just baseball or are there levers that we can pull? This is the job, the next layer of the job for him to figure out. He's figured out scouting. He's figured out drafting. He's figured out development. He's figured out how to operate the payroll, how to execute trades. All of these things he operates at an A level or higher. But this, I mean, unless the answer literally is just, listen, weird stuff happens. Good hitters go cold. And when one guy goes cold, another guy goes cold. But I just can't wrap my head around, hey, listen, we had it happens during the season all the time, and it just yeah. happened here, and that's baseball, and it sucks. It just leaves me super cold. Well, he also said, and this was a conversation we had, when Dodgers were 105 wins, 106 wins, 110, and then you get to 111, conversation we're having is, look, there's just no excuse come postseason. There just isn't. There's literally no excuse. If they don't win the entire thing, 
Nobody wants to hear anything. No Dodger fan wants to sit back and say, you know, it's just baseball. And sometimes things just happen. And man, did we just, man, we just got unlucky this time around. Let's try it again next year. The problem is you're you're equating what's happened over the last 10 years. You're not looking at just this sample size of what happened against the Padres. And, and the problem against the Padres is it happened so quick. And, and before you even knew it, I mean, we went into the weekend. Series was tied 1-1 after a Wednesday game. We went into a Friday night. The game was going to be down in San Diego. By Saturday night, the season was over. So I, I think there's this – I'm sure he was surprised. Everybody's surprised. One thing I took away from what he said yesterday, he said that, no, I don't think the best team wins. I think the hottest team wins. I have that. I you think, want to listen to that real quick? Yeah, yeah, let's do that. A different way to answer that, if you're asking me if I think the best team wins the World Series every year, I would say no. I think the hottest team wins the World Series every year, and so it's how to put us in the best position going into October to be the hottest team. Uh, I, look, I, Trav, this is my takeaway from everything that he said. I think in life, as much as you want to try to script things out, you just can't. That's not how life works. Mm -hmm. And I think you could, on a sheet of paper, be the absolute best analytically the way they've proven that they are. Uh, th this is the one adjustment that I think the Dodgers have to make. There's real life situations too. Not everything is a sheet of paper. Not everything you can just you can you can just determine things based off of the numbers. I don't think every manager in baseball is managing the same way that the Dodgers are. Dodgers are the best when it comes to analytics. Nobody's going to question that. But I also think there's decisions. We were talking about this yesterday. How many innings did Wheeler pitch? Seven. He pitched seven yesterday. And there were times that during that game, it's brought up. The conversation gets brought up. I saw it on all over Twitter. Hey, what do you know? Wheeler's going into the sixth. <laughs> hey, Wheeler's going into the seventh. People are taking I, the Dodgers look, as an example. Look, I don't and, know what the Phillies were thinking. I mean, the the pitcher was not getting any, giving up any runs. He wasn't giving up any hits. They made this radical, crazy decision to let him continue to pitch. Guy, I mean, how how could you ever think out of the box like that? How could you ever come up with the idea of you know what? Zach Wheeler is dealing tonight. Maybe we just let him keep doing it. But but doesn't it, Trev, the, the reason why I point that as just an example, when he says ana analytically they were the best team in baseball in every stat when it came to scoring with runners in scoring position. So let's just say you take that into the playoffs and you just continue to kind of do what you did in the regular season. You won 111 games. I'm not going to change too much. I get all that. I understand. I understand the theory of sticking with what got you 111 wins. But the playoffs are not the regular season, and things do change once you get to the postseason, and circumstances change, and the pressure changes. I don't think you could compare the regular season identical to the postseason because they're two different seasons. So whatever you did in 162 games, I don't think you could just apply exactly to the postseason. I feel like the Dodgers keep trying to do that. I don't know if they're answering or asking themselves this question or not, Al. But my, my, when I hear him say that, when I hear him talk about, look, there are peaks and valleys when it comes to uh, production, that the best team doesn't always win the World Series. In fact, doesn't frequently. It's rather the hottest teams. Okay, I, I, I agree with that. Right, just the the statement of the hot team wins. Okay, fine, mm -hmm. got it. I agree with that. If you take any four game series or any four game you know group of games in a season, there are going to be points where Mookie and Max Muncie and Will Smith have not hit well. I get it. I understand that. 
why does it always why are you never the hot team that's my question the question isn't does right, baseball the math, have the ebb, math is adding and flows up. but the question isn't there aren't peaks and valleys i get it but why are you never the team that's on the peak why are you always in the valley at these points I, I don't have the answer to it, right? I don't. I can't say do this, not that. I don't know if it's play harder, longer, or play softer or sooner. I, I don't know, but that's the question they have to be answering themselves. Not that, hey, this is baseball and anything happens. Why does it never happen to us? Why are we never on the peak? Why are we never the hottest team coming in? Because they're almost always the hottest team, May, June, July, August, where they just bury the rest of baseball, where they're winning four out of every five games, and they're winning, you know, come they're winning six seven eight runs a night why does that team very infrequently show up when it matters most i get ebb flow peak valley but why are you always on the wrong side of this and not just this year over the 10-year run you've been on the wrong side of it way more times than you've been on the right side of it where a team like the nationals a team like uh the atlanta braves a team right now like the san diego padres or the philadelphia phillies that they're on the peak why are you never on the peak that's the question and, and I don't think that he knows the answer. There may not be an answer, but it is odd that they're never the guys that are just white smoking hot when this thing gets going. Okay, he, he brought up something else. I know we got to go to breakers, so we do it coming back. The theory of Dave Roberts and managing yeah, yeah, inside yeah, yeah. of games and, you know, he's, uh, he's just the puppet guy and these are all predetermined. He said something yesterday, and he kind of he said it in a way of like, "How dare you even ask that question?" I I want to I want to. It kind of goes against our theory that we've had the last couple of days, so we do that coming up next. We will do that next. Is he managing or is he what was the ter- supervising? <laughs> That's the supervisor or manager. That's next. It's Travis Lee, seven ten ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. So the consensus seems to be, Al, that um, adult Mr. Belding from Saved by the Bell, that not when Belding was actually principal at Bayside High, but rather when he had... um, gone on to become superintendent or something of the yeah. district when he'd gone bald and put on a lot of weight that I am an adult Mr. Belding. That seems completely to be the, disagree. the win. Yeah, I completely disagree. And, you know, I'm going to tell you another thing about Twitter because I'm assuming you were on Twitter for this. I was. It's such a wonderful community on there and just <laughs> so many people are so positive. And I always feel like when I, you know, it's like it, it, here's the equivalent. You ever just go down to the ocean and just smell the 
the fresh air and just the just got that breeze hitting you in the face sure. and it makes you feel a little different. Maybe you're somebody who's spiritual and you go to church and you walk out on a Sunday and you say to yourself, man, I'm really glad I did that. Filled with the Spirit. Yes. Twitter gives me the same vibes. <laughs> you just, it's uplifting, I think. When I'm down, for. I log on to Twitter. That's what I do. <laughs> I go to social media. And I read people's comments in their posts. It's well, sure. just a wonderful place to be. I mean, you'll feel good about it. For instance, Matthew Pelosi writes, Slee is being sly about his seats because he's on a special mission. Are you uh, Are you in incognito mode, Slee? Are you just kind of just, yeah, I'm going to the Padres game today. Can't come into the studio and you're halfway across the world doing something that uh, we wouldn't want to know I'm about? I'm at Peppermint Hippo again. <laughs> <laughs> that bastard, he told us he was going to the game. Um, the worst part about the building thing is that it's that's actually the best one that I I I, I can even see that I'm like yeah shoot can I tell can I tell me. you something I thought of you this morning you want to know why I thought of you mm. I thought of you because I was in a predicament and I was like I wonder what Trav would do in this situation and I think I already know what you would have done okay what's the I think situation you would have before I even tell you the situation I'm gonna tell you what your reaction was okay your reaction would have been are you kidding me I mean really. I mean, really. And you're saying this to yourself, okay? You're just in line at the grocery store by yourself. You got probably one hand in the pocket. You're holding the basket with the other one, and you're like, are you kidding me? <laughs> really? <laughs> really? Lady in front of me. Full conversation. Everything going on. At the grocery store, I'm assuming. At the grocery store. Okay. I hear all the details. She's on speaker, bro. I hear oh, both sides. Oh, God. Inconceivable. I hear both sides. Like, I... I <laughs> Just think about that for a second. Sometimes you just get one side of the story. I'm here on both. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm as entrenched as I am now. I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, do I chime in? Do I say anything? Do I give my advice? Granted, the conversation you know was in crazy? Spanish, and I didn't understand a <laughs> word. But, <laughs> but I even saw the name on there. The name said Samantha. <laughs> even the name, like, everything was just happening. Everything was right in front of me, and it was, when I say zero shame, I'm talking zero shame. I'll, I'll take it up a notch. I, I, they, I, I'm really bummed that the conversation was in a language that you didn't I know, speak. I know. Because I know. you should have weighed in on it. I know. That Gosh, it's like, dang it. Hey, you know, if you don't mind, Samantha, I really do think you should break up with him. I yes. really do think that he was a bad guy because no one would ever leave you at a restaurant like that if they were anything other than a total jerk. Because you know what would happen, Slee? They'd look at you like, what are you doing? I said, well, I, I thought we we're all part of this conversation. You're blasting it out in the line at the grocery store. I thought you wanted me to weigh in. Otherwise, like a normal human being, like a normal human being, you would have had this conversation in private or at least held the phone up to your ear. But I figured by the nature of you having a cell phone conversation on speaker in public, we uh, were all supposed to weigh in on it. I was so invested. And the fact that I couldn't chime in, I was so disappointed. You know, I, you've I, never wanted to get the Rosetta Stone so bad in your life. <laughs> you know how you say, you know how you say, sometimes you'll just uh, you'll lean into something to make them uncomfortable. Sure. So that You're ruining situation, my day, I'd like to ruin yours. No, that situation was so like you know what? I might as well just participate here. I mean, if we're doing the speaker thing, I might as well participate. But I did think, what do you what did you think of? how I thought your reaction would have been while you're in line. Yeah. You, Pretty you, accurate? I think, yeah, 98%. <laughs> I, I, I would have, the only thing I would have added to it is I would have been throwing off aggressive <laughs> negative body language. Like, other than just standing there with my hand sure. in my pocket yep, and holding yep. the basket, I would have been Ugh. going, Ugh. 
I would have been eye rolling. I would have been like looking at the cashier, like, can you believe this crap? Can you believe this is actually happening right now? I would have closed the gap. I would have oh. made it physically uncomfortable for that person. I, yeah, I, I you know, just you're you ruining know, my it, morning. You need to have yours. Right. And we're doing self checkout. She can barely even hold everything because she's got the phone on her ear. I'm like, you're gonna first of all, you're gonna break your neck. Okay, you're gonna break your. <laughs> Should neck. offer to help. You want me to bag those groceries for you? Second so of you can all, finish up your conversation. Why is the phone on your neck if you're on speaker? You could bring it down. You could bring it down a little lower. <laughs> Great point. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Well, yes. Yeah. People. 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 All right. Dave Roberts. Uh, does he manage the team or not? Andrew Friedman is um, tired of answering that question. Who makes those decisions? How much is it pregame? Is that really a narrative? I mean, it's, it's part of it's like who's, who's after every single postseason. I've answered that question, so I don't feel like it is a narrative. Only based on like the question at the end of it that keeps coming up. So does they make that decision? A hundred percent. And we've answered this a lot of times. I'd really like not to answer it. Well, next year, hopefully, it's after a parade. But it's been very clearly answered here. Uh, a lot of different times. If it ever changes, I'll let people know. Okay. Oh, so sorry for what a what a crazy question. The reason it keeps coming up, and, and apologize, and and, and let, let me let me give me a little bit of room here, Al, because I need to set this up. The reason it keeps coming up is because you keep getting knocked out before anybody thinks you should. Part of the reason you keep getting knocked out before anybody thinks you should is that there are decisions that are made that are kind of head-scratching. Now, I want to preface this by saying that this particular elimination from the postseason is not a great example of that, right? This The, the one decision that you're kind of like, well, that was weird, was the Tyler Anderson one, mm-hmm. which he was just mm-hmm. asked right there. But generally speaking, the decision to do openers and all of a sudden, you know, bring Julio in in the fourth inning because you all, all of these weird things, all these weird decisions that have happened, the leave them in, take them out decisions. If you're telling me that he's the one making these decisions, like you just did, he's a hundred percent. I'm so tired of asking or answering this. Yes, he's the one doing it. Then why is he still here? Because if that's what it was, if you are really saying that he's the one making these decisions and the day before we're kind of throwing some stuff at the wall and that we're going to stick to this script, that he didn't think that Tyler Anderson had it anymore and that's why he pulled him out of the game, now we're talking about fireable offenses. Now we're talking about things that just don't really add up in a meaningful way. And again, let me say it one more time for clarity. This season was about the bats. The decision-making in this series was not terribly peculiar. A little bit here and there, but nothing crazy. But if he's in charge of all of this, and the decisions that get made are peculiar regularly, why are we still doing it? Because I assume the only reason he's still here is because he's not in charge of anything. So I don't I don't know how to reconcile those two things, Al. I don't know how, yeah, no, he's fully in charge, then why are we still doing the same thing again? Those two things don't add up to me. So I think this deserves, you know, we're just timing-wise, it is what it is. This deserves a longer conversation because what you just said, 11.45, we could get back to this, but what you just said goes against part of the arguments we've been having for the last couple of days or trying years. to justify things for the last couple of years. So let, let, let's do that 11.45. I know we got Factor Cap uh, coming up next. Uh, weekend preview, by the way, is brought to you by Stat Hero, the daily fantasy app that focuses on the player lineups, not Vegas lines. Of course, this weekend, great example. You got all the great college games. You got all the great NFL games. Heck, you got a UCLA-Oregon game that game actually means something, right? Um, Trav, you taking this lineup or no? 
Joe Burrow, Austin Eckler, and Devontae Adams. You going up against Oh, that? I can do that. Yeah, I, I can definitely do better than that one. I like that one a lot, Slee. I'm so th- there's that. a perfect example right there of a lineup that's out there that exists that Trav wants to go up against. Uh, all we ask, go to StatHero.com. Use that promo code 710. Ooh, so you, how about this one, Slee? What do you got? Zach Wilson, Russell Wilson, Cortland Sutland, and Hall from the Jets. Anything with Russell Wilson, I think <laughs> yeah. everybody's in. Russell Wilson is like, here's negative a 700 points. <laughs> yeah, Stat Hero, search by Russell Wilson. <laughs> Can you do that at Stat Hero? They might take him <laughs> off the board. They're not going to allow this after this. Uh, StatHero.com, use the promo I code 710. I think I just broke my phone screen. 100% deposit match, promo code 710. Stat Hero, reshaping the future of daily fantasy. Visit StatHero.com for details. Factor Cap coming up next. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, so Travis, uh, Russell Crowe, is that good or bad? Which, which version of Russell Crowe? Oh, that's are we a good about? one. Are, if Come we're on, talking about that. like Gladiator Russell Crowe, hell yes, let's go. If we're talking about <laughs> just like, real quick, before you go any further, do you think that's the one we're talking about? That the Gladiator <laughs> Russell Crowe. <laughs> I mean, you've picked arguably the greatest fight scene in the history of movies to be that character. Does it have to it's be like, that one? You know what? <laughs> you know why I like that so much? It's like I, I, I'm willing to bet anything. That's the meanest thing you've ever said to anybody in your entire life. <laughs> no, the, just you think just, about it. He's just, taken out. <laughs> he's got lions tied up that he's taken out. <laughs> that you just said, Trav, do you really think that's the version of Russell Crowe we're talking about? <laughs> I was hopeful. I'm thinking of more like Russell Crowe when he was that guy in the smoking movie where he's he's trying to be the whistleblower for the tobacco companies. I'll take that guy. <laughs> take what that one. Lame is Russell Crowe. He's a. Uh... I, I missed that one, so I can't speak to that. But uh, <laughs> it's, it's not not terrible. Alan Slewa just did the first mean thing in his life, and it was to call me ugly. That's incredible. That's awesome. Thank you, Al. All right, guys. So, um, speaking of people Just that <laughs> look good or bad, uh, a writer on House of the Dragon said that they don't understand why this one character everyone's fantasizing about. There's a, a Twitter community saying this guy's so hot. He's gonna. I'm caught up by the boyfriend. way. I'm caught up on all of them. <laughs> anyway, I watched them all. I think I think he's attractive, but you have had a, cr- a, c- a crush on a celebrity that no one else understands. Travis Fetrickap. Um. I don't know. I mean, I certainly have had my crushes on some my a handful of celebrities, but so let's kind of run through the hit list, Lee. Tell me if you kind well, of understand I, I think, this over the I years. Think you, I think you have one right out the gate that you've mentioned that is not one that everybody jumps out You're on. talking about Jenna Fisher. Yeah. Uh, is that Pam? Yeah. 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 Love Jenna Fisher. She, okay, she's so, one of my all-time favorites. But that's a good example, and I'm kind of with you on this one. But there's not a lot of people but you that are get saying. Like my point is, it's like you you get when I say you're like, oh yeah, like when but, I was but, ten and it was Daisy. There's Duke, like hesitation. Everybody gets that. Like everybody gets Daisy Duke when mm-hmm. you're, um, you know, seventeen or whatever. And I I'm trying to think of a good example here. Uh, I Scarlett Johansson or whatever. It is. Like yeah, you you get that one. But Jen, Jenna Fisher to me is kind of 
touching all the bases. So I, but she, but she's not one. I don't think you know when somebody says her name, people are not like, oh man, she's gorgeous, she's hot, she's this. Yourself. I don't think I don't think people are doing that. I am. So I think that one's a little under the radar. Yeah, you have one. I, I don't know if this is under the radar as well. When you say like, uh, and I, I go back to you say childhood crush. I'm like Topanga, bro. Topanga, Boy Meets World. You remember Topanga? Yeah, for sure. I thought she was. I'm like, does anyone else not see this? No, I, I thought she but, was but the most. She was very popular, right? Like that. That's not under the radar. I don't think she was the female lead on a very popular network television show. She wasn't. They don't like put a lot of uh, unattractive people in that role. Kelly from <laughs> Saved by the Bell. Like she wasn't. She wasn't. She didn't get some of the notoriety that some of the other girls got. But me saying Philip Seymour Hoffman's not a bad-looking guy, I guess that's going to come. <laughs> hey, he looks good in some stuff. Uh, Taylor, factor cap. Uh, fact, mine's Natalie Portman. So, I don't oh, know. Oh, yeah. Mars Attacks. <laughs> oh, no. He, yeah, no. I'm thinking, yes. Garden State. <laughs> yes. Every, every movie. No, she's N- in. Natalie Portman is fantastic. Tr- tr- wonderfully talented and beautiful yeah. actress. All right, so yesterday uh, I had to go to the DMV uh, to get some stuff uh, taken care of, but it just so happened that I was in the line, and um, these two people behind me kind of were talking. They were on the same age, both like attractive people, and so they got to talking, and they, I, they sat next to me after I got seated, and they were keep talking, and they traded numbers, and it was a cute little like meet cute. I thought I was like, oh, this is how their rom-com is starting. So, the DMV would be the worst place to be to meet the love of your life. Uh, Alan, Fedra Cap. Uh, definitely Cap. Uh, I, listen, what else are you going to do in line? There's nothing to do there. For all I know, this dude has been going to different DMVs for years, <laughs> and he's getting numbers left and right. And while all these other idiots are trying to go to a bar and a club and buying somebody a drink and whining and dining this guy's just going to the dmv he has nothing even to do his car registration's up to date trav i think we're both idiots we need to go to the dmv we should have done this from the beginning i don't think it's the worst place i think it's actually incredibly interesting because if you find somebody that's attractive there what the hell else are you going to do you're going to talk to that person you're at the dmv it it could be look the dmv is one of those places everybody has to go right i mean i know you can do some of this stuff online or in the mail or whatever but there are certain places whether you want to go or not, you have to go. The DMV, the the car, like the car wide, whatever. It doesn't have to be a place where people are specifically going to meet each other, but anywhere that everybody is out, like the DMV, sure, why not? There's no bad place to meet the love of your life. I'm yeah. in, except for jail. <laughs> no, it's not the worst place. I, I've I've actually done this before. So I was at the DMV in Torrance. There we probably go. everybody's got a strategy. Let's five hear or it, six Taylor. years ago, and I saw a girl. She was she had some Minnesota gear on or something like that, and uh, just struck up a conversation. Went on a couple dates. Nothing, you know, happened. But it's a great place to meet someone. All right, <laughs> take that new, take that tip, guys. So you got dudes going right now. They're <laughs> stopping by the El Segundo DMV. Like, we'll just try it. Let's give it a shot. All right. So uh, there was a story about how a someone posted on Reddit that a woman on their flight started painting her nails on the flight. So uh, I'm sure you guys have all you know had that smell of people painting their nails in your life, and it's so overwhelming. So painting mm-hmm. your nails would be the rudest thing that you could do. As a passenger on a plane, Taylor, factor cap. I think clipping your toenails might be the. <laughs> <laughs> That's, has that ever hit with a little shrapnel? That's probably like up there. it goes spinning off wait, and wait, wait, hits wait. you in has the that, forehead. Tell me, this is not a thing. I've never seen that. Have you guys seen somebody actually doing that? I've on a seen plane? it. I I don't mind the smell of nail polish. Actually, you've seen someone cutting their toenails on a oh flight. My yeah. Gosh. 
I've had babies touch me on flights. I've had. I've had. Well, that's all... not so bad. I mean, it's just a baby. Hey, hey. it's but like my, the whole flight. Hey, don't, dirty toenails in a Copenhagen. got the baby. Don't touch me. All right, just, it's a baby, man. It's not like it's a baby covered in Ebola or, or something. It's just a baby. I don't know. <laughs> the toenail. I was with you with the toenail thing until we got to the uh, the the, the toxic the baby. Um, you know, I I think you're on to something. Like any smells are super aggressive. Yeah. Right. And, and it could be. It could be something that like, the tailor maybe doesn't necessarily find offensive, but it, for instance, if you bring a tuna sandwich onto an airplane, that's basically Oof. an act of terrorism. Like you, yeah. you, you, no, you, you're, you, you're on the no fly zone. You yeah, that's can't true. do something like that. You need to have a benign thing if it's got some sort of fragrance to it. So nail polish, food, we're all in this together. We're all in this tube flying from wherever we're going to wherever we're coming back from. And for at least a few hours, can we all just respect each other's spots when it comes to aromas? I don't need your nail polish, your tuna or anything else. So I'm going to go cap on this for the mere fact of what you just said, Trav. If you said, hey, pick, do you want the guy that is eating an enchilada right next to you, which does one of two things. A, I don't get to eat it. Right. And B, I have to smell it for the next three and a half hours or the nail polish smell. Give me the nail polish smell. Not that it's okay, but you got people doing so many random stuff on a plane and so inconsiderate that you're on a plane with 60, 80, 100 other people and somebody in just even in the same row, can you just pretend like, hey, we're all in the same space. Let me kind of be as subtle as I can while I'm here. People aren't doing that. I'll take nail polish over some of the other stuff they're doing. All right, one last one, guys. So uh, a friend of mine uh, posted on Instagram yesterday that she got engaged over the weekend, but she got engaged in a hot air balloon. So uh, mm. hot air balloons have been an irrational fear of mine. Uh, obviously something I don't have to do, but if I'm just, I don't understand them, I would get very afraid of them. So you would never get into a hot air balloon. Uh, Alan, Fetter Cap. Definitely cap. However, I have not done it, but I, I don't have a reason why I haven't done it. If tomorrow my girl said, hey, this weekend I want to go do this, well, blah, 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 wine tasting, then we're going to end up in a hot air balloon, I'd be like, okay, cool. That sounds good. So I got no problem with it. I, I would do it. I, I'm not doing that. There there are a couple of things that, look, something's going to get me. We're all going to get got at one point or another. It's going to be heart disease or diabetes or cancer. Or so that That's what's going to get me. Random car accident, it could be, right? But dies in fiery hot air balloon crash yeah. or bungee cord accident, that's never happening with me. I, I'm, not, I'm not putting myself in a situation where as long as nothing goes wrong, I'll be fine. I don't need a, if something goes wrong, there is no escape. Right. If, if I get a flat tire driving down the road, I pull over, I put the new flat tire on or I fill it with the air and I keep going. If the hole in the balloon tears open, that's it. It's a wrap. We're all going down. I am not getting on a hot air balloon ever. You're risk averse. Yes, uh, indeed. Taylor, factor cap. Cap. I, I want to be in a hot air balloon. Um, I've seen The Wizard of Oz. You know, only good things happen when you get only in Only good things happen. Yeah. <laughs> yep. What's the worst that could happen? So you're more concerned with these no, no, flying say, houses by, dropping by, on by people way, than you are the Taylor, hot air balloon Taylor, scene. don't say what's the worst that can happen because it can probably get really bad in there. I just don't want to think of it. Mason has become the worst. He's the guy that I'm preoccupied with now because he just sent in a Russell Crowe comp that I am deeply unpleased with. We'll do that next. It's Travis Lee, 710 ESPN. So, Al, the, uh, when you decided to kind of do it for the first time and call someone a name you did it beautifully you you when the russell crow comp for me came up 
um, Emily said, well, how do you feel about Russell Crowe? And this all goes back to my barber saying that I look like Jack Nicholson and as good as it gets, which deeply hurt my feelings. You were literally an innocent bystander. <laughs> just all you're trying to do is just get a haircut. You just want, yeah, you want just, to clean things up. That's all. Just trying to get a haircut. And hey, you know who you look like? Uh, no. Who? Uh, that actor from the 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 movie in, in Colorado at the hotel where he goes crazy. Oh, Jack Nicholson? Yeah, but in that as good as it gets, that's what you look like. Oh, great. So I didn't like that. I'm trying to come up with some alternatives. Philip Seymour Hoffman is by far the worst one that I've been compared to so far. Um, and then Russell Crowe, and I started like, yeah, I'm okay with that depending on which version of Russell Crowe, which uh, I was thinking Gladiator might be bad. And he said, Trav, come on, do you really think anybody's thinking Gladiator, which is both true and incredibly mean. Both of those things are okay, That are wasn't fair. the intention. The guy has a sword and he's fighting 35 other uh, dudes. No, no, don't try to explain it. We all know exactly what you meant. We, we, that what you meant was he's taken on wild animals no, no, in a, in a ring. No, Russell Crowe is in really good shape in that movie. That's what you meant by it. I understand. That is also true. <laughs> yeah, I, I understand what you mean. Well, Mason that is also comes accurate. In, Mason comes in with uh, Russell Crowe in Thor: Love and Thunder. I'm unfamiliar with that movie, so I go online and I Google it. I'm looking at right now, and it is both the meanest thing I've ever seen in my life, and way, way, way because Russell Crowe is basically morbidly obese in this movie, and he's got gray hair and a receding hairline. So, and by the way, the face has filled in in a little bit of a Travis Rogers fashion. So, Mason, you are officially a worse guy than Sliwa at this moment for going Thor, uh, Love, and Thunder because that is way too spot on. What happened to Russell Crowe? I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I didn't either. <laughs> I, That's why I was so excited about Gladiator until this movie popped yeah, up. Yeah, I didn't know that. All right, well, not going to Google image Russell Crowe, Love, and Thunder anymore. <laughs> Leave that one alone. We'll just stick with Gladiator. Can you imagine, like, if like, let, let's just say that, for instance, today I dropped dead, and they're trying to figure out what, like, what was what was he up to, what was he doing, and they went and looked at my laptop and my Google. Search he was on history. a hot air balloon. <laughs> It'd be like, why was Trav googling Russell Crowe Love and Thunder? Why is Philip <laughs> Seymour Hoffman popping up? Why does Jack Nicholson is like what? What was he going through? Like, what is he struggling with right now that he's googling all these actors from uh, that, that actors. let it go? Great actors, yes, but see, here's the rub. <laughs> Emily, I'm not an actor, right? I, I, they're not comparing my Why ability the to shine movie on his. It goes AD, The Shining, Nickelback. Just kind of going through the last couple of days. <laughs> yeah, just rage, Dodger rage, right? Just the, that, that, that whole. He lost it. He officially lost it. Um, let's let's finish our Dodger conversation. We were talking yeah. about the the disconnect, right? That mm-hmm. that. Andrew, I'm going to play it for you again real quick. This is yeah. Andrew Friedman was asked whether or not Dave is the one that's making calls in the dugout with game time decisions. Who makes those decisions? How much is it pregame? Is that really the narrative? I mean, it, it, part of it's like who's, who's... after every single postseason, I've answered that question. So I don't feel like it is a narrative only based on like the question at the end of it that keeps coming up. So does Dave make that decision? 100%. 100%. And we've answered this a lot of times. I'd really like not to answer it. Well, next year, hopefully, it's after a parade. But it's been very clearly answered here uh, a lot of different times. If it ever changes, I'll let people know. Okay, Trav, can I set you up for this? Take him for his word. I'm going to ask you the question. Andrew Friedman just said, guys, Dave Roberts makes those decisions. 
in the fifth inning as something's going down. And, you know, we obviously discuss what the game plan is. We go through um, third time in the order. It means A, B, C, whatever the case is. But that's his call. That is not my call. A couple of days ago, if this was brought up to you, you would you would have said, guys, that's not how it works. Mm-hmm. He's not making those decisions. These are already predetermined. Let's say that Dave Roberts, that's just that's his game plan. That's what he thinks is the right thing to do. And then you could go back to different, you know, different parts a year ago, two years ago, three years ago. Go through some of these playoff situations where you think questionable calls were made. Let's say that was all on Dave Roberts. Do you feel different about Dave Roberts today? Yes. Dr- How do you feel? Drastically okay. different. Drastically different. Because look, you can have a decision that blows up in your face once in a while. If you're making constant in-game decisions, you're not going to get them all right. You're, of you're, course. You're going to miss some, and you're going to miss some of them really, really badly. Mm-hmm. I, I get that. Um, but if, in fact, what he is saying is what is happening, that Dave Roberts is in charge of in-game decisions, then the the argument we were having yesterday about this guy's got to go or that guy's got to go, then I think that the, the focus, the bullseye, swings back on Dave. Because if he's the one that's always making these decisions, and again, I want I want to reiterate, I don't think they lost this series because of any managerial decisions. I think they lost this series because they didn't hit. Okay, mm-hmm. that that's why they lost the Padre series. But the fact that it is a conversation about the the decision making, the fact that we have seen peculiar decisions, that if I'm Andrew Friedman and I'm telling the truth that Dave Roberts is allowed to manage the game as he sees fit as it's unfolding and I look at the last eight years and my team is always in the valley or the the ebb, whatever analogy you want to use, what's going on there? Because we are making weird decisions. We are not performing our best. What levers are we not pulling in game that maybe we should be pulling in game? I just don't, those two things don't add up to me because if he is making all these decisions, then this is time to go in a different direction. Then this is time to try. And I know they're not. I'm not saying that it's going to happen. And he emphasized 38 times yeah. yesterday. He ain't going anywhere. He's not. And, and, and that's why I, because why would you be satisfied with this? You can't mm-hmm. tell me, eh, stuff happens. You know, who knows? In any, any four games, you could have a bad four games and you're out. Okay, fine. I get it. Why are you never the team that has good four games? Mm-hmm. And I've seen it on Twitter, too. Well, they won the World Series. That's, uh, Alex, I think his name was, with the Utah logo in his Twitter handle. Um, he's like, they won the World Series two years ago. It actually makes my point for me, I believe. Their best baseball comes after about 50 or 60 games. That's when they just take off, right? That they, their, their success from games like 50 to about 150 is better than anybody else. They just dust the competition. Why is that when you're at your best? Why are you never at your best at the end? These are the questions that I think need to be asked. These are the questions that maybe don't have any answers. But just saying, eh, it happens, and oh, yeah, he makes all the decisions. Not, it all doesn't add up into a cohesive story to me. I, I want to just – Completely honest, full stop. I don't believe him. I don't either. Yeah, I mean, just it's as simple as that. The, the 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 record would not tell you that these are gut decisions. The record would not tell you that Dave Roberts is going off his instincts. The gut, the record would tell you that no, no, no. You you did, you're not treating. And again, I, this is not. I do agree. At the end of the day, they lost because nobody could get a clutch hit. Guys weren't scoring position. They didn't know how to score. They didn't know how to move runners over all of a sudden. Or as he mentioned it yesterday, sometimes Will Smith just hits the ball right to profile instead of three feet to his left or three feet to his right when the bases are loaded. Um, But it's not – 
I just don't believe the statement because you treated Julio, you treated Clayton, and you or Kershaw, and you treated Tyler Anderson all the same way, and all three games were completely different. But but how you use those pitchers were identical. I do not think that this is some. It's not. That's not a gut decision. That's a. We've already made up our mind decision because all three of those situations were so different. Yet you handled them all the same. Let's try a quick phone call here. Let's go to Monrovia and Mike. Mike, you're on with Travis Lee. What's up? Hey guys, I just wanted to call in. I tried to call in yesterday, but you guys are slammed. I understand that. Um, Trav, you're right on, man. For both days, I just I'm tired of getting you getting beat up on here, and it's not because I like you, because I do. I've been following you since you were at Jim Rome. I knew you should have your own show way back then, and I used to tell you that. Uh, but my whole point is that listen, stealing Mookie Betts, uh, Trey Turner, and Freddie Freeman coming up next with nobody out, and you're down by one run, absolutely ridiculous. Uh, pitching Blake Trinan when he's only pitched five times this season. Absolutely ridiculous in that spot. Pitching uh, Gonsolin, starting him when he's only started one time since his injury, absolutely ridiculous. Those are horrible decisions that are made up top. That's the bottom line. And with uh, You can't have a better people person than Dave Roberts, and that's what he's for. The guy's fantastic, and if they get rid of him, they're stupid as heck. They just need to change their philosophy. And like Al just said, you got to hit the dang baseball. They didn't hit. That's all there is to it. And when you have holes in your lineup, like Cody Bellinger, and guys that are constantly doing nothing. Chris Taylor, come on, that guy's horrible. He used to be okay. He's horrible. He's got a hole in his back. He's just late every swing. And listen, this is all due to the front office moves, and that's it. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. Um, look, the part about their bottom of the order, they have holes in their batter, they have too many – that's the whole point that I've been getting at, Slee, is that they didn't for for four months. Yeah. We talked about how, you know, one through nine, and look, I get it, Cody Bellinger probably won't be back next year or for years. It, you know, they, they might move him at some point. But even having Cody Bellinger as your ninth guy, who say what you want about a 200 batting average, which is about what he had, it's not great. It's not super out of whack with some other number nine hitters in the rest of the league. He's a high level. They, their lineup shouldn't go hot and cold the way mm-hmm. that it has. And it, it and it seems to go cold far more often than than makes sense, than his logical sense, than his mathematical just kind of, you know, the 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 delta that happens between a good player and a bad player at any given time. It just doesn't add up that all of this stuff that works so well stops working when it matters the most or slows down because you would think that if it works well over a large sample 10 years pretty large sample damn right it is 10 10 years is a pretty good sample of playoff Mm -hmm. baseball and it just has not delivered the results that you would expect it to and if everything is analytics then take the analytics and just the playoffs those have not worked in your favor like it has in the 162 charles barkley wants to free russell westbrook that's next it's travis lee 710 espn